Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a parenting podcast where you can detox from the world around you and get a window into how other people live their lives. Come detox with detox. I'm your host, Joe Shaw, and on today's episode, I had the pleasure of speaking to author Rob Bell. Rob Bell wrote a lot of books that I consumed in my high school and college days. The very first one I picked up was Velvet Elvis. The one he's on the show to talk about today is Everything is Spiritual, a brief guide to who we are and what we're doing here. Rob and I get into a lot of discussions around faith, spirituality, how we can interact with the world and make it better. And I think you're really going to enjoy the conversation. It goes into a lot of really, really interesting places. And it's all centered around the fact of being your true and authentic self and making sure that you're able to pass that on to your children. And that actually brings us to today's sponsor. Today's sponsor of the podcast is Snuffy. Snuffy is a clothing brand about empowering you to show your weird unapologetically with bravery and confidence. 10% of profit goes to LGBTQ plus organizations led by trans people of color. Shop online now at snuffy.co. That's snuffy, S-N-U-F-F-Y dot C-O. And the owner of Snuffy is Nick Silvestri. He designed the Detox Podcast logo and the Pride Month exclusive logo. So if you like his work, you like what he's doing, you want to go support him, head on down to snuffy.co. So I'm excited for you to hear my conversation with Rob. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Detox Podcast. With me at this time, I never thought I would say it. I'm so excited to welcome Rob Bell to the podcast. Rob, how are you doing today? Joe Shaw, I'm doing very well. <laughs> I was telling you offline. Um, Here that, we you are. Know, yeah, <laughs> I was telling you offline that when I was in uh, I, that time in my life, right at the end of high school, right at the beginning of college, I was given what I have come to define as the holy trinity of Christian uh, literature, which was a new kind of Christian by Brian McLaren, Velvet Elvis by you, and then Blue Like Jazz by Donald Miller. And it was something that re- <laughs> re- just completely redefined what I, th- what I thought I knew about religion and spirituality and made me ask questions I had never even been prompted to ask. And so having followed all all of y'all's career, but specifically your career from book to book to book has really paired well with my own evolution of my spirituality and my beliefs. And so we're going to talk a lot about your most recent book, Everything is Spiritual Today. And I'm excited to dig into that because I think there's a lot of parallels in my own personal life as well as uh, what you're writing about as far as your part memoir, part, um, you know, theology is kind of in there and we're baking into it. But before we even dive into that, I like to start the podcast when I have parents on, and uh, since this is, we're speaking to parent listeners, I like to ask, what do you think makes a good parent? A good parent? Yes. Well, I don't think your first job is to raise your kids. Your first, your first job is to enjoy them. Yes. Because they know. They know. And they're picking up the nature of the universe from you. What kind of world is this? Is it a world of scarcity and lack or is it a generative world of abundance? Uh, so the, the first invitation for the parent is to work out your stuff, your family of origin, your anxieties, your, do your work. That's the gift you give your kids is right. your healthy and vital and you're living like you're growing younger as you grow older. Right. So I'm always struck with when people talk about the kids acting out or the kids, the kid is probably responding to the unhealth of the system. Mm-hmm. Probably. And then it's like, my kid's really in trouble. No, your kid is reacting how people do to things that are insane. Like let's start with your stuff. You just projected all your fears and worries and anxieties of your own onto your kid. No wonder the kid, don't tell me they're rebelling. Right. A kid is just reflecting back to you what they're picking up from you. So yeah, that to me, that's the real invitation is you've been given this extraordinary gift of these humans that you made who are just going to, they're basically just holding a mirror up to you. That's what they're doing all day long. Oh, that is a hundred percent true. And you know, I love that you talked about working out your own history and working out your own stuff for lack of a better word, because 
you know, you talk a lot about in the book about how nobody is born with a blank slate. Nobody's born right. with a blank page. We're born right. into the story that's already happening. And I think about when I, when I read that part in your book, I was really struck by the fact that I was thinking, what are some of the earliest stories I was told about my history? And then how did that influence the decisions yeah. I made and the path that I yeah. took? And then what are some of the first stories my children are hearing and so on and so forth? And it just struck me that it was, it, it, I was struck by this, this duality where I was both very overwhelmed with the feeling of we're in the middle of a, you know, we're in the second act of a multi-act play, so to speak. And I wasn't given the script and I'm told <laughs> to improv and just feeling totally out of control. But then at the other part of it was, I also felt this intense ability to control my own situations and thoughts and actions and how I, I think it's less, I can't control what's happening, what's happening, but I can control how I'm reacting to yes, exactly. what's happening. Right. Yeah. And I'd love for you to kind of speak through the the aspect of of being dropped into into a, a story that's ongoing and how one can can kind of take that and help mold their own story. Right. There's a tremendously empowering revelation that occurs when you see oh, this is what I was handed. This is like in the book I talk about you your birth was basically you stumbled onto the stage somewhere in the second act of a play. What is going on? There's a plot that's unfolding here. <laughs> and so I am both a product of it. I came from these people. I come from these bodies, these somebodies, these somebodies. So that is obviously profoundly shaping what's unfolding here. And yet I also, how I respond to this uh, is mine to yes. decide. Um, so there is a very subtle energetic move that happens deep in the being from disempowerment to empowerment. From this thing is happening to me to I happen to it. Yes. <laughs> and you can be educated, wealthy, sophisticated, well-read, and still you can be whatever climb to the top of whatever mountain or ladder and yet still oddly be in that slight energetic posture of disempowered at some deep level of the soul. This thing has happened to me and there's nothing. It just is. And in the moments that change everything are the moments we discover that actually even within that there's, there's empowerment. We yes. could, we could leave that behind. We could reclaim that. We could get some help to work through that. Um, and I, uh, in my experience, watching people see this and discover this, um, every person who's like, oh, I just got a lot of anger. I fly off the handle. Hey, you could like do work on that. Or right. <laughs> I, things I get overwhelmed and I go real passive and later I wish I would. Hey, like, there are like people who have given their lives to helping people navigate these things. Yes. It doesn't have to be this giant hairball of, I wish my life would have been, I got all this bitterness. I wish I could learn how to forget. You can like get help. You can, right. you can do this. This is a path you can walk. So in some level it's dramatic and it's intense and it's what's going on here. And another level, you can decide that you're going to become a healthy person who hands your kids something really beautiful and they have next to nothing to unlearn down the road. You yes. can like set your course and this is all very possible. Yes. And you know, I think about the fact where when we're talking about coming from some bodies and the fact that um, there's been studies about, so, I mean, if you think about it from like a scientific perspective, if, if a, if a, woman has trauma and she has trauma that she passes on to her eggs and her babies that are not yet born. And then they grow up with that trauma and then they pass on trauma. I mean, there is systematic or systemic, um, I forget which one it is, trauma that can happen to folks on and on down the line. And I think by understanding where you come from and asking those questions of what is the root cause of these issues, 
allows you to take that first step into naming it. And then the second step of claiming it. And then that third step of now let's, let's, now that we've named it, we've claimed it, we're going to turn this around and not pass it on down, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a really interesting, the, the ancient Hebrew sages have this fascinating commentary on the 10 commandments where it says, honor your father and mother. And for many modern readers, the modern mind goes, Oh, you mean like obey these people? What if they're like awful? You have to do what they say, honor. And the, and the sages say, no, 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 no. Honor. The way that you honor your father and mother is you break whatever cycles need to be broken. Oh. Isn't that interesting? You That's powerful. decide what you're not going to hand down. That's yes. how you honor them. Yes. And so if you just speak in terms of cycles, oh, this thing has been looping. Like you, you referenced the, these epigenetics, this passing down of these things. Yes. Okay, well, what if that stops now? Let's, right. let's uh, squad goals. Right. <laughs> like, let's, let's stop that. So even you think, about, you think about families where there was a particular altar to success. Success was defined in a very narrow way. And so generation after generation, tried to live from their heart and was quickly taught whatever you do don't follow heart there's a script it's already been written follow it and then a generation comes along and says here's what i want for my kids i want them to feel free to follow their heart that's the goal here right. that there's some true self some deep christ knowing every human being has and all we're going to do with this kid these kids is everything will be about helping them learn to listen to their deepest self um, and uh, uh, the great uh, American architect, Louis Kahn, would begin a building project by asking the question, what does this building want to be? Yeah. And to me, when you talk about being a parent, that's the job right there. What does this kid, that's the sacred task. What does this kid want to be? Who's in there? Yeah. That's all we're doing here. It has its yeah. own intro. I don't have to place anything on top of this kid. All I'm doing is looking for the impelling force that's rising up within this kid right and maybe a touch of nudging here maybe a tiny bit of guide just we'll just do basic stuff to help that come to its full expression yeah absolutely. oh so fun i love how many, I kids, love, you how many kids you have i have two i have a five-year-old and a three-year-old oh good god joe you don't even it <laughs> it gets insanely fun down the road I'm excited. I'm enjoying exactly where we're at now, but am also in, I know I will continue to enjoy it. Dude, it's exhausting. I, well, well, yeah. <laughs> when our first two kids were the ages you're in, that was just like, just five alarm fire. That was like so much energy. Wait till. <laughs> it is. Oh my goodness. You have such good stuff ahead. I am excited. I, I love one of the things that I do one of the themes that I love so much in everything is spiritual is this continuous thought process. Well, I guess there were two, two things that I really picked up on that spoke to me. And one of them was this feeling that we're all in this together because what, what I totally feel and what I have consistently felt my whole life is that I'm connected to my neighbors and neighbors are everyone and that we're all trying to, live our best, truest life. And we're all trying to, you know, work together and we all have our own hopes and dreams. And my goal is that we are able to sit down, break bread and try and leave the world a little bit better than we found it. And I, I feel, I feel that connection with others when I'm interacting with them, such as like this medium or just having a good conversation. And I feel it less and less lately. And I think there's a lot of reasons perhaps for that, but I really, what, what I feel, and I'm, I'm working through a thought to get to the question <laughs> is, is I think, I think this was, this is where I, okay. So there's a little bit of rabbit trail here. It clicked for me. So I, I, um, got my undergrad in both theology and theater from Howard Payne university. And one of the thing I studied Hebrew is one of my foreign languages in college. And what was really amazing to me was when I was translating the Torah and was able to see how Genesis was written like a poem. 
yeah. to to simplify it, right? And Leviticus is written like a law book, and and yeah, and everything is written differently. And it was at that point that I realized, oh, as you said in what is the Bible, it's I'm um, people are reading it literally, not literature. Uh, li uh, literally, yes, yes, and and that was where I realized we can take these amazing spiritual moments that are the authors writing these amazing works of art or law or whatever it is, we can take from that these amazing moments and connect with our neighbor and use it as a tool and a resource. But I feel that folks are getting more and more divided with regards to where they're drawing the lines in their religious settings, however that may look. And so I'd love to know, bringing it back around, how can one work to connect with others, their fellow neighbors on that spiritual level and recognize these moments of clarity and really share in those for personal growth and development when we're in a society where folks are, are more prone to talk or yell than listen. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> you, you got to the end of that question. Yes. <laughs> I knew it was there. The invitation is to look far enough inside of someone else that you see yourself mm. and look far enough inside yourself that you find everybody else. So polarization, particularly political polarization, is the inability to see yourself in someone else. So when someone says, I can't believe that person voted that way. Okay, that was a completely dumb, insane move to vote for that person. Nevertheless, hold on when you are filled with resentment because you have been excluded, are you at your peak rationality? No. no. When every factory in your town has been shut down, there are no jobs and you are in a system that is underfunded and crumbling all around you. Do you have deep levels of rage against a system that has excluded you from its bounty? Yes. How do you behave in those situations? Are you at, are you at peak uh, goodness? No. So you can passionately disagree with someone, but the, the art of it is to find yourself in there. Oh, they've only ever been in a system of lack. They've only ever been taught that life is a trial to be endured. This is the lens yes. through which they're viewing this whole, yes. they, they have only ever been taught that that which is other is to be kept at a distance. Right. So reptile brain, lizard brain, that early brain stem of evolutionary brain development that's still threat assessment. Is there a lion in the bushes or not? It's still making immediate judgments on whether this is known and familiar or unknown and unfamiliar and if so we're going to run the other direction and it has been exploited by corporations and politicians yeah. and family members so as you begin to it's almost like you're flying at a slightly higher altitude and you can see the perspective you can still be like i am absolutely 100 percent opposed to that racism misogyny the like all and yet you aren't as mystified by it. Um, right. And in the book, one of the things that, uh, that is sort of baked into it just below the surface that comes out later is each of our bodies, our individual bodies are made of all these cells and all of us are cells in a body. We all as humanity form some larger body that's emerging. So like subtitle, who we are and what we're doing here. We're the newest layer to emerge in this 13 billion year unfolding universe. And the universe has never seen this before. And somehow we all together form something. Right. And yeah, that to me is actually, I think it is the most interesting question a human being can engage with. Yes. What is, is the universe done or is the universe going to continue to make more new? Cause that's what it's been doing for 13 billion years. So what's right. the new thing that the universe has never seen that's being formed. It would be us all coming together. Yeah. 
now you're just having a completely different discussion. <laughs> I love and it. if there was some friction as these cells interact, like you said, it seems like people aren't, if as cells come together that have always been apart, the world has always been tribal, but there is large, the larger evolutionary force is to bring that which has been separate together. That's what the universe does. Then when, when those who have never interacted come together, of course there'll be friction at first. Right. No, that's a good way of thinking. And some of actually, there's actually a whole school of thought that what you're describing, the clash, the battle, the butting of heads is actually a sign of the emergence of something new. Well, when that's those interesting. First come together, of course there would be conflict. Um, and that eventually there'll be one tribe. The earth will be one people. Right. Um, so your deepest yeah. longing for that oneness, its first expressions, when it first began to come together, really come together, you would have conflict first as it sort of, isn't that interesting? No, that is, yes. and that's, you know, you can think about that from like, um, from even like a bi biological perspective yes. with yes, regards yes. to like developing a cure, you know, so to speak for, or I mean a cure, a vaccine um, or just how our body is reacting to, if you get like allergy shots, I mean like, you know, there's like a bunch of different things of like the, when you're coming into contact with something new, there's going to be friction in your body is what, what am I supposed to do with this? You what just gave this? me, I'm fighting it. I'm going to, you know, and then it's either going to accept it or not, but you start seeing that evolutionary growth. That's fascinating. Yeah. I love yeah, that. Like, it, like in the book, when I do the whole thing on sex and how you got here from your parents having sex and how your mother's body, when it first encountered your father's sperm, thought it was an enemy. Right. Yes. Yes. The head off that before, yeah. before she brought him in and nurtured him those last strokes home, she right. chopped off the head and <laughs> sent chemicals essentially to substances to kill so yeah yeah this works you're correct this works at the most intimate biological levels i mean that that is accurate if you're thinking about you know pregnancy and they say that the first was that the first three months is so rough because the body is is sending off warning signs that it's a foreign foreign substance in so the what body what is going on here you know yeah you know that's that's perfect metaphor um I want to know since we're on this, so I think it's interesting that I do being in Texas and being as progressive as I am individually, but having family and friends that are a little bit more, you know, on the, when people are like, how could you think this way? Or how could you vote this a way? Little, and, a little, a yeah, little. I see, I see my friends on the East coast and I see my friends on the West coast that are saying this and I'm saying, Hey, I'm down here in Texas and I can. I don't agree, but I can understand what they were thinking on a base level based on their jobs or based on what they've been taught or based on what their immediate worldview is. And they're not thinking about the things that we're thinking of. They're thinking about a lot more base level concerns. And this is what is determining that. And and when you can kind of strip away a lot of the trappings of perhaps the 24 hour news cycle and social media and whatever, and have that conversation, then you can start saying, you can realize that we all want the same things, but they're being defined in different ways. And our inability to listen and see, like, as you said, see ourselves in them is what causes that, that friction. Um, I love the, 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 the part of the book where you're talking about, um, you're at the church. It was, a, I believe it was Ed that was writing the sermons or maybe I gave, maybe uh, I. Right, right. So, so that would be 1995, 25 yes. years, a different yes. lifetime, 25 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Yes. The pastor who I first worked for was this extraordinary man named Ed. Yes. And, and I love the, the story that you're talking about where you're writing. He's got his office that's nicely decorated in his inner office them. within the office. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> And that's where he would go to write his messages that he would craft every week. And, yeah. and so you talk about the time where you're in there and you're crafting it and you're pulling passages and you're, you're pulling books and you're looking this way and that way. And I was thinking about when I had to write a page, uh, my capstone class on uh, a line of scripture in the book of Judith and just going like, oh, there's so many things here. And, and there's a lot of different ways we can go with this. But, but so your excitement, I could feel that radiating off the page. And then you got to a point where Ed was like, this is good. This is all we need for this Let week. Let's do this. It's done. And you went, but, but the message is, there's so much more that we can do. Oh, with 
I'll and so I want that. I want to know from your perspective, how do you how have you balanced the thought of I want to go further, but the congregation I'm speaking to currently can only go so far. How do you reconcile that for your own personal development versus leadership development of the congregation? And then how do you slowly start to work to bring everyone up to your speed? Does that make sense? I didn't okay. balance it. I didn't. Well, there I we didn't. go. And that was an option. And wonderful people that I know were like, I am doing this work with these people. And I'm meeting them where they're at and we'll just go step by step by step. And I got out the duct tape and strapped myself to a rocket and was like, <laughs> so, so it's an excellent question you ask. Kristen and I like, um, that is one path. I'm just going to follow it as far. I'm just going to keep following it. And, 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 and I, I was a pastor in a local church for a number of years uh, until a decade ago. And I just kept going and an institution can handle that at some level. And then that doesn't, right. it was just, it just became, Oh, it's time to keep going. It's time to keep yeah. going. And um, nothing but love, it was honestly nothing but love. It was just a personal evolution sure. and a deep knowing my I'm here to follow it I remember sitting in a church meeting this would have been 2004 or 5 and there's all these wonderful people around the table talented people working on budgets and children's ministry and it's great 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 and in my head I'm thinking about quantum physics and Hebrew poetry mm. and like these people ex are exactly where they should be I'm so behind them can I just go do my work um, this isn't my work and I know everybody around the table. I know that in this world that I'm in, I'm to do this, this, and this, but I got this, I got this idea for a book with the plain white cover mm. called velvet Elvis. That's about a post foundational understanding of the, yeah, like, you, like oh, it's yes. not something you could share. It's not right. something you could know what, what? You'll what get so many looks. About? Yeah. And yet, I knew that my job was just to go make it. And I was like, you all keep going, but I got to go do this. Right. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. And, it's really and I, man, I meet yeah. people all the time who are, I meet people all the time who are, I'm working with these people in this setting. I meet them where they're at. I celebrate movement wherever I see it. And I think it's wonderful. I just right. had to go do this other thing. Yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, reading, I mean, it's funny you talk about Velvet Elvis. That was the first time where I thought there's, there's a better way in which to live is the first thought I had when I cracked it open. <laughs> I mean, truthfully, I read it and I went, yes. somebody else out here thinks this and is defining it in relatable ways. And yet, and also I'm allowed to think this way. I didn't realize I was allowed to think this way, you know? And, and so I think it, I think it's also interesting where you talk about, um, you know, kind of on this line of people progressing as they can, how is it, you had that analogy of circling back with folks later. It's like bumping into someone that you used to work with or used to go to high school with, and they're still saying the same jokes and the same stories. And you realize they've not, they're still where they were the last time I saw them 25 years ago, but I'm way over here. I'm I'm in Europe as opposed to Texas where they're at, you know, I mean, that's how far away I am. And so how, how can we, how can we think about, so now even, I guess now you're not with tied, you're not tied is the wrong word. You're not with a church in the way in which you were talking about. So how can you now redefine maybe your audience and your congregation as those who read the book and interact with you? What is the main questions that you would like them to be asking after consuming this book and how do you see that leading them further down that path it never crosses my mind okay it never crosses my mind <laughs> it is there's nothing attached to the book it's the it's the gift as i can give it 
with everything I got. You know what I mean? Um, so this knowing, is like your creative expression. This is what I'm feeling. This is the thoughts I have. I'm putting the work, it there. All the work is a gift freely given. This tour, this sermon, this, I've been writing these plays recently that I love. This book, this here. I see um, what you're saying. And there's no, I'm fascinated to talk to you to see what you saw in it. Sure. So, so, so any like, Joe, make sure you, no, 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 no. Uh, that's the wonder of it. Is that yeah. you, you, the interview I just did earlier, the interviewer saw, saw a whole completely different world of things. Yeah. Um, my, my son, uh, my 20 year old son only wanted to talk about the parts in the book where I was 20. Right. So that was a so, great interview, by the way. Yeah. Oh, so much fun. Um, yeah. So a long time ago, a long time ago, it became a very clean, pure man. Just give it, just make the thing and right. make it available. And then the wonder and awe continues. Cause I get to find out right. what people saw right. in it. So, so there are obviously things yeah. like, like there's, like you mentioned the book, there's a feeling in the book of, in some ways, it's a story about everything that went wrong. It's, it's embarrassing and it's awkward and it's not the plan and it's liminal space. So in some senses, there is a feeling baked into the book, which is spirit is lurking in all of it. Right. Don't you, don't step back, don't back up. When you find yourself like, what the keep your eyes open because spirits in all those dark waters Do you see what i'm saying so that is yes. a feeling and so 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 the the energetic imprint of the creator is imprinted upon the creation the mm. spirit in which you're making it gets imprinted in the thing you made so velvet elvis had a very particular imprint that you with us never having met picked it up off the page an energetic imprint like oh wait we can just take this whole thing apart right we can ask every question is fine yes so you notice how that's both an intellectual conceptual thing that happened for you but that's also like something that happened in joe's heart like yes. wait a second yes um so that may never even been explicitly stated you just picked it up because almost like it was in between the words yeah yes. so so there are definitely things that are in the and then the book it has no chapters and like there are certain times where it starts looping back in on itself. And there are sections right. where I, I tell four different stories that are kind of related. And yet there's something almost in the middle of those four stories that doesn't get explicitly stated, but it's just hovering there because I wanted the book to feel like life. Right. I wanted it to feel like it lurches forward. It loops back it. You know what I mean? <laughs> So no, it, it was, I, yeah. I totally picked up on that. And I think, you know, one of the things that, and I think it, it hit me, I mean, I feel like, I mean, truthfully, I feel like every time I pick up one of your books, it's hitting me in the moment in which I need it. And I don't know how much I'm projecting onto the book or the book's projecting know, onto me. How much right? it's reading. Yeah, you're reading it. It's reading you. Right, exactly. But I was thinking through, I mean, I've been on this quest a lot lately, definitely over the last um, year of a couple of things. One is I, I'm obsessed with what is my legacy going to be? What what am I going to leave for my kids? What body of work and how am I leaving the world? And I'm and I'm not obsessed in an unhealthy way. I'm intentional with having these conversations to ask the questions that I have on my mind so I can work it out and then leave it as a sort of audio journal for my kids to pick up and discover and listen to and consume and interact with. I'm fascinated by that. And the other part is trying to work out where I've been, right? And where I'm going and what I'm doing here. And getting to see the like part memoir of yourself and your journey through the rock band, through the church, through everything. And then pairing that with feelings that we have of our spiritual design and our interactions with the world resonated with me because I feel I can look, I was, I was finding myself going through old memories 
and old photos and old thoughts. And, and there was an interesting thing, um, that, that I paired with this book was, you know, I, I think when I think about where I was and how my thinking was at the time from a spirituality perspective. And I used to get down on that and be very upset with how I used to view the world, how I used to view individuals in the world and, and how I've evolved from there. And then I stumbled upon Ernest Hemingway is one of my favorite authors. And he had as a quote in, in a short, his work of short stories where he talked about, he said, there are some places in the world where I was and I liked some places better than others, but then perhaps I was better in some places than others. And that resonated with me because I realized, I think I thought of myself as not being in a good place when I thought of those moments. But what I can take from that is appreciate where I was and appreciate how steps that I took led me to where I am now and how all of that's connected. And then when I connect with my friends who I used to interact with, I'm recognizing that they've had their own journeys along the spiritual path. And so I love bringing it back around to the book. I love getting to see those stories of you learning and growing and then pairing that with our, your own viewpoints on spirituality. It's like, this is, it was, it was almost like this is where you were and you're looking at it with 2020 hindsight, right? Not to be, not to be about the year, but having hindsight and then pairing that with your views now and drawing that through line. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yes. So I, right away I was like, Oh, if you're writing the story, when, if you're at the point where you were 19, then you have to write it as 19, like stay, stay there, stay there, stay in the 19. And even though now you see it, differently stay in that moment in the innocence and earlierness of that moment so don't write the thing from 2020 keep okay what happened next okay what was it like what it feel like what was the what was the texture what was the and a part of me was like no 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 i don't want anybody to know that I, that I want stumble. This is obvious. I don't want somebody to watch me stumble into this. I want them to think I had this figured out the whole, no, 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 don't. Right. Right. So there was like a taking apart. There was like a, no, no, no. Go back to the innocence of when this idea was brand new and write that so that the reader, so that something is unfolding for the reader. Um, and like there were times when I would type like, like the story where I just typed, I felt so much shame. And I remember being like, that's such a boring, that's not a Rob Bell sentence. That's so boring. <laughs> and then, but, but then I couldn't, but it was like, but no, but that's the, no, don't it's true. dress it up. Don't dress right. it up. Leave it. Just leave it on the page. That, that's it. That's the tone. That's the feeling. Um, so yeah, that was like almost like learning to unwrap learning to write again from this place of like simplicity. Yeah. Even though the simplicity contains a world of complexity. Um, and, and, and honestly, what you're getting at at a deeper level, owning every square inch of my story and, right. and the invitation for everybody everywhere to own every square inch of your story. It's okay. Even the bad, it's good even when it's bad. It's okay. Even those categories, by the end of the book, those categories are like in pieces on the ground. Right. Like failure, what are you talking about? That doesn't, that doesn't even, what a joke. That doesn't even exist. Failure, like just gradually moving to the non-duality on the other side of all of these binaries and dualities that are helpful at one level and they just completely go dumpster fire at some point. <laughs> It was genuinely refreshing to (laughs) read the book from a place of, I didn't have it figured out and I stumbled a lot and this is how we learn and grow as opposed to, I was brilliant when I was 19 and I knew I was going to be this (laughs) badass dude. I mean, get that guy out of my face. Who wants to hear that guy? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I did. I want um, all the stuff that you think what's wrong with me. I'm going to normalize all that. Right. I'm going to tell you all the stumble, falling down a flight of stairs on a bicycle, wearing rollerblades. 
whatever it is that happens. <laughs> it's how it works. Right. It's not strange. You're not, of course, it's how it works. And if you can embrace that, now you have a shot at joy. I love that. As we're wrapping up and starting to head to the final segment of the show, I want to ask you if there's somebody listening and perhaps this, this is a question I've been formulating in my mind for a couple of days of the best way to frame it. And I think I'm thinking of a few folks that I know personally. And so I'll, I'll ask it in the best way I can. And it is if there's somebody who's listening who feels this gigantic spiritual pull and always had pull and has always felt that, but does no longer feel as if they belong to a religious institution for one reason or another, how would you invite them to continue on their growth of spirituality? Where do you want to go next? <laughs> where's the life? What's, where's your curiosity? Yeah. What, uh, what lights you up? What sounds fun? What's the thing that if you stumbled across it, you'd think I should have started that? We'll yeah. start it in your living room. Um, uh, it's wide open. Yeah. So I would ask anybody anywhere, where do where do you want to? What do you want? I mean, there's this great line where Jesus asks a man, "What what do you want me to do for you?" Mm -hmm. And I love it because desire is the engine. Uh, you have everything you need. There's no like place you need to get to. I've got enough of that. Right. The gospel invitation has always been to trust that you've always had everything you needed. You've always belonged, always been loved. So like, what do you want to do? Like, what do you learn? Do you want to help serve act? Uh, it's way more wide open and it's going to look different. Some, I've noticed for some people what they, the thing that is like, ah, is somebody just being like, don't do anything. You're fine. Right. Take a deep breath. And for other people, and sometimes the same person just in a different season of life, well, why don't you go do something? What do you want to do? You want to move? You want to sell your house? You want to get a horse? Like what? You know what I mean? <laughs> you can do yeah. this. People right. do this all the time. This is the tradition. People, um, I do these sessions where people, tell me what they're working on and how they're stuck. And so I sit in this front yard in the afternoons and people pop up, they sign up for these spots on zoom from all over the world. And I don't know, I never know who it's, we have it set up. So I don't know who's going to be or where they're going to be. I mean, so I get to interact with all these people who are doing all these fascinating things and everything you can cook up is like, there's somebody somewhere who's been like, yes, I decided to try this. And, and the reason why I say it not to be flippant, is what I have seen hundreds and hundreds, okay, thousands of times in a row is everybody has a deep knowing. There's a true self in there. There's a Christ wisdom, all different traditions name it different things, intuition. There's a Christ wisdom present in every human being. And if we can just quiet that mind chatter imposter syndrome, legitimacy, authority, what are my family going to think? How do I make money? And just go, okay, what's, and you can create the space for someone to listen. They always, I'm telling you, Joe, they always know the next step. It's unbelievable. It's it. unbelievable how many people, and then how many people begin to see all the times that they're deep knowing was telling them, warning them, directing them, and they didn't listen because of the scripts around mm. them, because of the Dallas mode that they were in that was like, no, this is how. And so they went with the thing around them and then later were like, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it the right. whole time. That wasn't the thing. Um, so I actually think there's a massive revolution going on right now because a ton of people are realizing wait a second, I saw this coming. I, I was being told about the earth, about the economy, about our political structures, about education, about spirituality. Wait, wait, wait. I knew this thing wasn't going to last 
but everybody right. said you're not going to be disloyal you don't want to be a traitor or a heretic or whatever but i i knew this would haunt us later you know what i mean yes i 100 all the people knew. who are like i knew this wasn't the path and yet everything around me was like what and so i think you're seeing a rising up of spirit and people realizing these authority structures that i trusted that told me they were the moral gatekeepers went 100% in on voting for that guy. And after this, this, and this, and this doubled down. Yeah. So that is no long, that entire structure is a smoldering wreck. So let's build something new. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You're seeing it. this all over. I absolutely love that. That is I what I'd it. say to the person. You know, I heard um, someone speaking the other day and they were talking specifically from an artistic perspective, but I think this is applicable because I feel like art and spirituality are intertwined with our lives and art can be defined in a variety of different ways. But they were talking about, they said, your, your peak feeling of artisticness is when you are feeling or seeing your truest authentic self in your work. So when you feel that this is my truest self looking back at me and whatever you're doing, you're at your peak and you can continue building on that. And it said, when we get to that moment, it's this moment. And it said, you could be building jewelry. You could be working the job you want to do. You could be, be being with your kids. There's a variety of things you could do for having that truest form to manifest. But I think it ties into what you were saying about it's your true self knowing this is what I want. This is where I want to be. <laughs> and this is my peak where <laughs> you're starting to see that revolution. So I absolutely love that. I would um, say, yeah. Well, first off, let's find a let's find a better word than artisticness. But nevertheless, mm. that's like, that's <laughs> yes, a sure. but nevertheless, I would say, whatever an artist, I don't know what an artistic peak is, but a true moment of presence and vitality would be the moment in which you are not naming it an artistic peak because the go. mind <laughs> has gone. Yes much more quiet because you're simply in the flow of the moment. Yes, there it is. <laughs> With no there need to name it or label it. Right. It's just it is. what we're doing. <laughs> yes, I absolutely love that. Oh, this is great. All right, well, we are going to transition to the final segment of the show is the dad joke of the week. It is a segment where I hurl dad jokes at my unsuspecting guest in an attempt to get them to laugh while the audience groans. But I can't hear the audience. I can only hear my guest, so it works out. But I do like to put my guest on the spot first. Rob, do you have any jokes you would like to offer up today? Yeah. Okay. This... <laughs> okay, no, you do your jokes first. Then I'll all right, decide all right. whether I'm going to tell my joke. All right. Well, I uh, I chose <laughs> I a couple I of. Like, <laughs> I gotta I gotta understand the I gotta sense what your playing field is first here. Okay. Okay. Well, it varies every every week. Um, but I chose some uh biblical themed jokes for us today. Um, <laughs> so Rob, uh, first of all, who is the smallest person in the Bible? Smallest person. I have no idea. Uh, Nehi Maya. Dude, okay. I was trying to get a sense of just the stink factor. It is brutal. All right, I got another one for you. Uh, Rob, oh, no, what... please don't. Okay. <laughs> what kind of person was Boaz before he was married? <laughs> no idea. Ruthless. Dude, oh, this is like the worst yes. of jokes mixed with the worst of like weird Bible yeah. <laughs> uh. All right, I got last one, last one, because these are awful, absolutely awful, and that's the whole point of this. Um, Rob, who is the most business savvy woman in the Bible? Business savvy woman. No idea. Pharaoh's daughter, because she went down to the bank of the Nile, pulled out a little profit. Oh, <laughs> there it is. Those are terrible. Yes, that's the entire premise and the entire like... point. You need to tie off the top of the bag on this one and just toss it into the river. Okay, there's a joke that I told my daughter when she was young that gets repeated because it's so stupid. And the more sophisticated and whatever cooler she thinks she is, the more the fact that this joke wrecks her every time just drives her insane because she's like, I should not still be laughing at this. But one day when she's little, I was like, hey, Violet, What's the difference between a 
teacher and a train. And she just walked right into this one. I don't know what's the difference between a teacher and a train. A teacher says, don't chew gum. And a train goes, chew, chew. Wrecked her. Wrecked her. That's good. Oh, that it's is good. so stupid. But now I love it that in Los Angeles in 2020, I can pull that one out. And all I have to do is go, hey, what's the difference between a teacher? And she'll be like, and a train. And she'll laugh against her will. Right. Which is like, I already won. It's like yep. a, it's just like a dunk. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Well, Rob, if people want to follow you and see what you're up to, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, oh, man, just go out in your front yard and stick up your antenna. <laughs> How's that for an answer? I mean, that, um, that is one. <laughs> stick that antenna up and see what happens. Uh, <laughs> the site is robbell.com. That's got Robcast episodes. Uh, we just released a film called An Introduction to Joy. That's on YouTube from last year's tour. The new book is called Everything is Spiritual. Um, my project, Blood, Guts, and Fire, is 12 hours on the book of Leviticus. That's on the site. Um, but yeah, well, I'm real, I, the book just came out. So, so everything is spiritual. This is really fun because I'm getting to talk to people like you, which is just, I'm just thoroughly enjoying it. So much I absolutely fun. love it. Thank you so much. The, um, we do need a hashtag for this episode. I put down hashtag everything is spiritual. Is that good with you? Hashtag everything is spiritual, of course. It's All right, good. perfect. Great. All right, well, Rob, thank you so much. Um, this has been a delight. And listeners, we'll be back next week with another great episode. Until then, hashtag everything is spiritual and hashtag be a better dad. If you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told, please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Detox Podcast or visit DetoxPodcast.com. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like the show. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps us out. Link is in the show notes. Finally, thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers, Ben Lawant and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W.com.